You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey gang, do you need another podcast to listen to? Well, might I suggest my podcast? My name is Richard T. Yule, a.k.a. at Nerdy Laser on Instagram and Twitter, and I host the Nerdy Laser Podcast. We specialize in all things 90s and all things nerdy. We are a part of the ESO Network, so visit us at esonetwork.com. Also, nerdylaser.wordpress.com for more info. Hello and welcome to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. I am your host, the Monster, and for today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about Creep Show Season One, Episode One. Why am I doing a review of a horror series? Well, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, science fiction and fantasy stuff is fine, but horror is one of the few things that I can say I have just as much love. For that genre as I have for the other two. Unfortunately, it's not as much as I would like to do, but in past years, I did a top 10 horror movie for each of the different decades, like the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the, the, the crossover, like the zero zeros, the ones, I don't know how you call that, as well as my overall top 10. So in the show notes, if you want to listen to the one for the 1980s. This is where I'm talking about the original Creep Show, right? That came out during that time. You know, find out where I put Creep Show in the 80s as far as one of my top 10s. Um, also, I did a blog many moons ago, like, uh, I think 2010? Yeah, that's almost nine years ago. Just about, ter- yeah, nine years ago. Because today is October. That I talked about uh, my love for Creepshow. And I have a picture of the actual theater that I saw this back in the Bronx. Called Lois American. And it was my favorite theater to, to see so many cool movies including Creepshow. But the reason why I love Creepshow is because it's so stylized. And it's over the top with the color scheme, the music, the performances... The practical effects, because we didn't have special effects that were computer generated. It was just a a great time to be kind of a horror fan, because it was kind of like uh, a more adult version of the Twilight Zone. It goes into the realm of the paranormal or the unknown, things of that darker uh, side of the equation that Twilight Zone episodes would never do. But you would have... Father's Day. Where's my cake, Bedelia? I still love that saying. I love saying that line. No matter how many times no one gets that reference. <laughs> uh, we also have the lonesome death of Jordy Vero, which is played by Stephen King. Something to Tide You Over that has Ted Danson and Leslie Nielsen. My favorite, The Crate with Adrian Barbeau. And they're creeping up on upon you. 
which is the last story that is one of my favorites. So I'm not going to go into details as to what those are, because you should have seen Creepshow by now. If not, I highly encourage you to do so. Now, there was a second movie that came out. Um, Creepshow, sorry, came out in 1982, but the second Creepshow, also in the 80s, came out in 1987. So instead of having five stories, we're only going to get three. We have the old Chief Woodenhead, the Raft, and the Hitcher. The Hitchhiker, sorry. It was okay. It didn't have, to me, the the, the punch and, and the creative energy that the first one did so well. Because it treated like a living comic book, you know. And it, if there was going to be something that captured the spirit of what Creepshow is, the Raft, I think, kind of nails it. I'm not going to get to the storyline of, of the raft, but out of the three, the raft was fantastic. And I would have put it up there with any of the other ones that were in the first movie. And, and will challenge to even replace maybe. Hmm, that's a good question. If I was going to replace one of the five stories in the original Creep Show. Maybe the lonesome death of Jordy Verrill. I would replace that one. Or something to tie you over. But the crate definitely belongs up there. It's one of the better stories. And supposedly. And I don't know why it's like even on IMDb. But there's a third one. But this was never released. Or something to that effect. Because I was looking at the information. And some fan named Alex Wesley. Uh, shot Creepshow 3, back in 2001, on a VHS camera. As I said, it just for fun. But it, it was never going to be released. But how did it get on to IMDb? That's what I'm curious about. So Creepshow is not the only horror anthology series. There are other ones like Tales of the Crypt. You have Tales from the Dark Side. You had Monsters. Outer Limits to some degree, Night Galley, not so much, but still, it has those elements of being an anthology. And of course, Twilight Zone. And one of the cool things I just found out was that Desi Arnaz, not Junior, Desi Arnaz, who Ricky Ricardo with Lucy, they had an actual, I guess, a series, or they were trying to do something uh, called the Westinghouse Desi Lou Playhouse. And Desi comes out, and it looks just like, in the, in the picture, like Rod Serling. You know, that he would intro the story, and then he would come back at the end and do the exact same thing, but then leave. So this was a prelude to The Twilight Zone, which I thought it was it blew my mind. And I found this on Facebook, so thank you, Ashley, uh, for posting that, because I didn't know. And... I love reading about things like this because I'm such a geek for information when it comes to things that I love. I want to know everything about anything and go into a deep dive. So that definitely is a deep dive. I would never have guessed that in a million years, but uh, thank you again. So let's go back to the TV series. That That's the reason why you're here. We're doing an anthology TV series. Okay. And it's on a streaming service called Shudder. Okay. 
other streaming services, this is going to have a free trial. Hence why I did this, because there was a free trial for seven days. I can't say that I'm willing to pay, even though it's a good price, like $5.99 or the, the annual rate, which is much cheaper, if I want to do this on a regular basis. Had there been no Netflix or Amazon Prime or Apple TV or any other streaming services, I think Shutter could have been up there with a lot of must-have streaming services. I don't think to me, as much as I love horror and as much as I love what the content was on there, that I would subscribe to this. Even though Creepshow, to me, it's like what... Star Trek Discovery did for CBS to kind of launch their service. Creepshow was their kind of Star Trek Discovery. What the series tries to do is trying to keep in the spirit of what the movies were, in which you have an anthology as opposed to just like one episode that focused on just one story. Kind of like like the old Twilight Zone that you would have just, just a one story per episode. And to kind of help promote that, Fangoria came back as a publication and much like Starlog was the equivalent to my kind of news about science fiction, Fangoria does the exact same thing but just on a horror genre. So they're back and they're promoting their new magazine. Basically it's a, I think it's a bi-monthly subscription and you can't get it online which is kind of interesting that they're going with the actual magazine format, which, you know, this digital age, that's kind of unheard of. But what they have going for them is that they actually did a podcast on the Creep Show, the, the, the series. And their podcast name is called The Creep Show Show. <laughs> which is like the Atmos system, which is system, system, but that's a whole other joke. That uh, if you get that, great. If not, don't worry about it. <laughs> the guys that are on there and the gal, sorry, I'm not. I forgot their names, but they are part of Fangoria. So as much as I kind of geek out with Mr. Gene and with other people, I can hear that kind of vibe with what they're talking about on their podcast. And I kind of got into it, and thankfully. I'm glad I listened to them after I watched the episode because to me, I feel bad when I go like ballistic on my nerdy details and I'm like, oh, if this happened here or that or that little thing in the background is this, this, is this, and I really spaz out. For me, I didn't feel that because I, there was... The first episode dealt with a lot more Stephen King Easter eggs or little nods to Stephen King. So even though I enjoyed the first episode of Castle Rock on Hulu, which is based on that Stephen King universe, I'm not as well-versed, meaning I had no idea that all this was there in the first episode. So I'm like, Okay, I, I may want to go back, you know, sometime in the future then and revisit that. Now, the first episode that uh, they reviewed was called Gray Matter. And Gray Matter is G-R-A-Y Matter. 
So it's actually a short story that Stephen King wrote back in 1973. And it became a part of a Night Shift collection, like a paperback series. I remember that, but never got to read it. The guy who is directing this episode also is the showrunner. And he wanted to have something pretty big to launch Creepshow. And you want to tap into the very thing that helped make Creepshow Creepshow. And that's tapping this story that Stephen King wrote and be that your first episode for this franchise. thing that I felt watching the first episode was that it didn't have enough of a, what's the right word? Artistic view or artistic lens, like the first one, like the first Creepshow movie. It didn't feel very comic bookish. Although there were some little inserts between scenes that you did like a little comic panel. And you got the actual artist who did that in the original Creepshow. So there's a lot of love. There's a lot of love for people who love the series. And I'm for it. But overall, I did not believe, and I'm not going to get too much into spoiler territories, other than this was not my favorite story. If I'm trying to like win over an audience that has not seen Creepshow for the first time, and you go with this as a series... Uh, it's okay. Maybe it's just me that, you know, I have a little bit of a a different point of view on things, but I didn't care for this episode. Even though it had uh, shades of uh, the death of Jordy Verrill at a couple of points, the, the moment that I didn't feel like this was there was the the story the whole idea was that this man um has a case of beer that's really gone bad or there's something that was inside of it and he starts to change that still happens but the the storyline is that in the in the story the actual short story is that he gets injured and he is on workman's comp for the rest of his life so he doesn't have to work and he keeps on buying the beers and he's a recluse Whereas here, there's a, a situation about the death of his wife, which causes him to drink. Uh, and then he gets laid off and that he starts going down that path of being a recluse. But he's always having his son go get him beers or whatever. So that's the only thing. I'm like, how can he afford to keep doing what he's doing with the house and his son and as, you know... It, that's the one thing I didn't buy, I didn't buy at all. I put everything else. I'm like, all right, fine, you go with it. I'm like, okay, I just couldn't buy that logic. It just didn't work for me. Uh, and of course, Adrian Barbeau is in the very first episode. So I'm like, again, you got King. You got the people who worked on the original one. Uh, you have the actual crate. Thanks to the Fangoria guys for telling me about that information about the crate that you see in the very beginning is from the actual movie itself and there's only three in existence and that one belonged to some to tom savini which he gave it to the guy who's doing the sh- being the showrunner so that's information that i love and I, again i adore 
but it didn't feel like a creep show thing like if we had a little bit more money to make it a little bit more that's like jazzed up but it just didn't work enough for me but the guys on Fangoria loved it because they saw all these different easter eggs which is kind of like oh that's what it feels like when I'm trying to talk to someone who has no idea what I'm talking about about you know Star Trek or Star Wars and little little easter eggs here and there that is just went over me so I'm not saying that I felt if I had known all those different facts that I would have enjoyed the episode better I just think it, that to me it didn't work at all so the second part which called uh I'll go back to my notes sorry house of the head in which you have this little girl and her dollhouse and she has you know a little f- family a mom and dad uh, a, a, a child a boy and a dog and she calls him the smith smiths and one day when she's playing in with her dollhouse she notices that this this kind of weird decapitated head that's in there the way they shot this from the other side of the dollhouse and her looking into the dollhouse i think there's the kind of creative lens artistic lens i should say that i've been i was looking for so it had those moments and it had the kind of spookiness because the head would be there one moment she comes goes away and comes back and something happens to the family that's a creep show story i give them kudos for that because that one to me felt more like what i grew up to love about creep show but i will have to say this white people y'all are dumb because <laughs> every single thing that white people do in a horror movie are the dumbest shit ever so as the story progresses this little girl does things to help protect the family as opposed to hey mom hey dad there's something going on in my dollhouse you know she takes it upon herself to to take care of this world but if that's the focus fine but you know take the dolls out of the damn dollhouse and don't leave it up to them to kind of figure it out because she brings in um, a police officer and brings in like a little version of an indian which is from creep show 2 so again thanks to again the vanguard people but then you know they kind of meet horrible ends i'm not going to get into the ending other than i just wish it's like again the the logic of this is going on this is beyond me and the simple thing of you know take the the family out or just close it or just you know take the head and just throw it away somewhere or something that would have been better and and it does happen at one point in which she something happens in which she's able to take the head out but it's just a matter of the logic and I'm just like, I it, it dumbfounds me. And I, I get really aggravated because, look, the there's so many cliches like when, you know, you have the last survivor of uh, a stalker or a person who is a maniac going after with a, a 
chainsaw or machete or whatever. You know, and they're running in the woods. And they keep looking back. And then, of course, they trip and fall. And then, of course, that's it gets tiring. And sometimes people do this, the worst things ever. Like, there was a Geico commercial the other day that I saw. It's like, no, let's go hide behind all these hanging, you know, knives and, and, and chainsaws. And the guy who's trying to kill them. So it's like, uh that's the kind of logic that it like it really bugs me so it kind of takes me out of that moment of enjoying what that story represents because of that's that's that logic take that portion of my kind of unhappiness and take it out it's a decent episode again compared to the first one this one was a much better overall production and again you're dealing with a more confined space, which is a dollhouse in a girl's room. So you don't have to tell a very big story um, in such a sh- uh, short time. Because unlike the first one, um, what happens it seems to be going to happen to the rest of the world. Whereas this is a little bit more um, kept smaller. And I think that, again, plays better. How, like... Um, when you do poetry and you can just have you know three or four simple lines that when you analyze it it has so much more depth to it so this one again has a lot more depth to their telling of that story in that universe but i i I just am crazy of can't you guys just do something a little bit different like you know if your house is haunted and you hear like the Eddie Murphy bit, you know, get out. It's like, no, 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 we're going to stay here. That kind of thing. Like, no, don't do that. Whereas a black family, no, we're out. So again, white people, you're all dumb for just doing this kind of stuff. So that's my frustration because it's, I don't know. I would like to have my kind of horror analogy stories be a little bit smarter, uh, a little bit more logical that, if I'm in that situation, no matter how fantastical that may be, I would have made the exact same choices. And not so much that, oh, she's a little girl and she didn't know any better. No, she knew enough to take care of her family, but didn't go the extra step of, again, take the damn family out of the dollhouse. You could have done that, right? Tell your parents, tell your teacher, tell your priest, tell a friend. She doesn't have any of that. So, whatever. So, I'm not going to go any further than that. So, other than, you should, for the most part, read the graphic novel of Creepshow. You should definitely watch the first movie of Creepshow. Then, I would say, watch the TV series. Because you can kind of bypass Creepshow 2 after you finish one episode, which has, again, two stories. I will put that in an order. So, not saying that I dislike Creepshow. I just think it's batting 500. Let me know about your thoughts. Because is Shudder something that you are willing to buy and pay for on an ongoing basis? Or do you wait until Creepshow is done, do the free trial, watch it all as a binge, and then cancel when you're done? Kind of like what we do with Star Trek. I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. So, how do you do that? By letting me know what that is. Email me at monstersci-fi-show at gmail.com. 
Don't forget to follow me on the various social networks. So again, thank you for listening to me and to the Monster Sci-Fi Show. It's sci-fi from a certain point of view. Good night. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.